on today's episode of the Bolts Broadcast. It's a best of three now. Be tuned. Season 3, episode 70 of the Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Crosshot joining you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Wednesday afternoon? I'm hanging in. You know, I, I was I was an absolute warrior today. Had to get blood drawn. Oh, um, yeah. You're so, scared of needles. Yeah, abs- absolute warrior. Um, shout out to the lady that, that drew my blood today. I can't remember her name. I don't really think she even introduced herself. Mm. But just... I'm not a needle guy at all and didn't feel it going in or go out. It was it was the best blood draw of my life. So shout out to her. Shout um, out Pam. Yeah, shout 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 out Pam. Shout, Pam shout is Pam. just a, a just blood drawing nurse name. A heroic blood drawing nurse name. Absolutely. Yeah. So shout out to Pam. She she did a, a wham bam thank you ma'am kind of job. Mm. It, 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 it was absolutely great. So I'm feeling good overall. Um you know, I haven't been sleeping very good lately, not going to lie, mm. but despite that, I've got more energy than I normally do, even with my allergies bringing me down. I, so I feel like, I just feel solid today. It's 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 good to feel the way. I usually don't feel solid on, on Wednesdays. Hmm. But how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, and I, I like where you took that. At first, I was thinking, I'm not a therapist. Why are you coming to me with this? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad that you turned it the way you did. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm absolutely amped because after this episode of the Bullets broadcast, WNP is back. Our football talk channel uh, podcast thing. Uh, we're going to be recording that for the first time in a little over a month and a half. So yes, sir. absolutely pumped to do that. Uh, also curious, did you get a cookie and orange juice after you drew blood? or I actually did not. Oh, I know. At least you didn't feel it. I, I should have pretended like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm woozy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going down. Because um, mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's another place on Hall Road that I used to go to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the cookies were that they provided me. I've never had them anywhere before, but there, and they are just like sixteen out of ten. They're so good, mm. but I didn't go there this time, so I didn't. I didn't better than MJ's? Well, nothing's oh. better than MJ's. MJ's oh. are twenty out of ten. You know that. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Um, well, hey, on today's episode of the Bulls broadcast, going to be talking, of course, about Game Four in the Tampa New York series. Going to be looking at. The final game of the Western Conference Finals. Man, that one went by really quick. Uh, Also going to be talking about one of the strangest firings we've seen this year and some other things such as NHL awards and uh, stuff like that. But before we hop into that, at work, there's a couple guys that watch the old stick and puck, the old hockey. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And so I was talking to a couple of them and... One guy in particular, Ryan, he wants Tampa Edmonton as the final. Can't get that anymore. But he can still get part of it. And Tampa, he wants the three-peat. And I'm like, good man. Yeah, awesome. But every time, or I guess the the past two times where Tampa beat New York, he comes up to me, oh, Tampa got lucky. What? You want Tampa. Why are you saying that? Like, what? (laughs) Unless he's trying to downplay it, being like, oh, they got lucky. Wait till they play better and when they just absolutely dominate New York the next two games. I think he's maybe trying to get a rise out of me. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Because he knows about the Bulls broadcast. 
So uh, I did tell him about it. I don't know if he's going to be listening. Who knows? If he is, uh, fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> how, about, how about that? You know what? This is how you know he's ready. Ryan, uh, tomorrow or Friday, we'll give you, we'll give you a little bit of time. Friday, yeah. Mike is going to sucker punch you at work. So just <laughs> if, if you're ready for it, you're listening. If you're not, you asked for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. I am not encouraging that to happen. We we don't encourage violence here on the show. I would like to not get charges pressed against pressed against me. This, yes. this these are jokes. Yeah, Michael. And if, not, I, if, you, I, if I if I tripped, if if you tripped and your fist fell forward, like they shouldn't left the broom out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have worn my non-slip shoes. <laughs> this is so stupid. Yeah, you are. Uh, anyways, let's now talk about Game Four of the New York Tampa series. This was one where the big rig started off uh, lighting the lamp first goal on in the game. Love to see the big rig coming out, playing well. This is a guy that I don't know if there's a better role player out there right now. There's a reason. He's got three cups in a row and potentially could have four. So love to see Pat Maroon starting off hot. Yeah, there's two ultimate role players in the NHL, and they're both in this series, one on each side. Um, of course, Patty Maroon and Ryan Reeves, just two guys that they serve a specific role that really isn't um, around as much nowadays in hockey. It's tr- it's a true fourth-line veteran presence. Um, you're not fucking with my team type of role. And both guys do it well. Patty Maroon does it differently than Ryan Reeves. He does it with a little more offensive power and a little more leadership, in my opinion. Obvi- I, you know, it's nothing against Ryan Reeves, but Patty Maroon has been a part of three cup winning teams in a row for a reason, obviously. So. Yeah. Um, I, I really, you know, I, I was really happy to, to see him score. That, that was great because big, big Pat Maroon fan. Love what he does for the team. Uh, the big rig is the absolute man. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he can get like a, a series clinching goal here in this series too. You know, that'd be kind of cool, eh? Mm-hmm. I would absolutely enjoy that. Uh, Vasilevsky played phenomenal. And then you got Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, and Andre Palat all fighting for the um, goal lead for the team in this year's playoffs. Nikita Kucherov put up his seventh in the second. Stamkos followed with his seventh in the third period. And then the empty netter for Andre Palat um, was his seventh. So you'd love to see seven goals out of each player and a big win there. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was just kind of what we needed where, you know, I felt we played well, but I didn't think it was just like a pure dominance win by any means, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But um, it was a convincing win, and it, it was just it was just a good type of win to really carry momentum. Going into MSG, um, if I'm not mistaken, the Rangers have not lost an MSG yet this year. Oh, um, in the playoffs. Yep. So it, it's you know it, well they had to in the first round they're down three to one to the Penguins. Okay, then then maybe they're on a winning streak. Then is what it is. Like they haven't okay. lost since then. Is what it is. So yeah, they they definitely haven't lost since then because they won all the home games against Carolina, won the two against us. So. Right. So it's not going to be easy. Um, I, clearly, this for some reason this year, um, the home team seems to be doing a little bit better. Um, lo- even more than historical trends, it seems a couple of these teams are just doing way better. But yep. it's going to be tough. I think we can do it. We obviously um, swept Florida round two. Um, we were able to take some road games against Toronto. So it, it can be done. Um, I, I don't think it's you know a foregone conclusion that it's just going to be home teams winning throughout this series. But going to have to do the right things. Vasilevsky's going to have to step up, play like he has been. Um, Shesterkin has been doing Still good, too, but he's going to continue to let up a couple that maybe he wouldn't have let up normally. Like, you know, I feel like I feel like he could have been a little bit better in these last couple of games. So ho- hopefully he continues to play 
um, at that lower level and, and Vassy continues to shine. Yeah. And I think that if we are able to go into Madison square garden, take game five, I think we're staying in Tampa until we, you know, reach Colorado. Yeah. So, uh, I feel like four games in a row is very, very, very capable. Just the hardest one is going to be this third one. So, uh, going to be exciting to see what goes down at MSG, and uh, it's going to be a good time. It just sucks that, uh, obviously, you know, we're, we're winner of the series going on to play Colorado in the next round. Yeah. It just sucks that there's no hockey tonight. Mm-hmm. No hockey tonight, no hockey Friday night. So we got, we got some downtime. Uh, we're getting games Thursday and Saturday for sure, potentially Monday as well. But it's going to be a little boring. First time in quite a bit. Uh, as a viewer of... Tampa's struggles in game one and game two after a long break. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Just end it as soon as possible, win in five and six and get to Colorado? Or do you think that maybe a game seven could spark the boys a little bit more than what we may initially think? I don't think it really matters because if you win in six or seven, you're getting the same amount of rest days going into Colorado. The only thing is, is Colorado's getting more days off if you're going longer. So I really don't think it matters. Let's just win this thing quick as possible, get rolling into the finals, and have what should be really Tampa's biggest challenge in in the playoffs in, in quite yeah. some time. It it, it could be a, a very entertaining series. That, you know, it's a it's a real threat on the other side. Of course, hopefully things work out in Tampa's favor. And we get to see that fun matchup because it truly would be a fun matchup. Yeah, Colorado's currently sitting at twelve and two. So. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, they're pretty good. We'll talk about their final game after this quick commercial break. Let's say hello to our friends over at DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Any sports betting needs, make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, If you put money on Game 4 and Colorado clinching the series, that would be a very smart bet. As this one did go to overtime, however, Colorado able to capitalize with Arturi Lekkonen putting in the Stanley Cup, uh, or I guess Western Conference Finals clinching goal. I'm not going to lie, for some reason, I just zoned out incredibly hard. Uh, we're talking about the Colorado-Edmonton game. I don't, and I don't know what just happened there. Arturi Lekkonen scored the overtime winner and sent if, them to the Stanley Cup Finals. If there's any 
like psychologists out there. Like <laughs> I, I just heavily disassociated and I please somehow diagnose me through the microphone. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. Weird. And go, go into that game. Um, it, it's, it's kind of funny. I texted, texted my brother round two, Colorado, Calgary, um, Edmonton wins the series essentially because of a controversial goal called off the, um, the Blake Coleman goal in regulation that I feel like probably should have been allowed. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, it gets called off, goes overtime. McDavid scores. Sure enough in this Edmonton, uh, Colorado game, a goal that I personally thought was a high stick because how high stick works is if it's going directly into the net, <clears throat> excuse me, if it's going directly into the net, then um, it's above if you're the six above the crossbar. But um, if it's not going directly in front of the net, like into the net, if you're tipping it, like hitting it down, then playing the puck after that, it's if the stick's above your shoulder. To me, it looked like the stick, the stick made contact with the puck above like and shoulder personally. Like it was close, but I think it made it personally. Mm-hmm. And the puck didn't direct into the net. He directed it down, then made a play on it. So I feel like that technically should have been called a no goal. But sure enough, it gets allowed. They win, move on. So kind of funny how that works out. Uh, yeah. Tough for Edmonton. They really got to figure out what they're going to do going forward because I saw a report that apparently Pugliarvi is not being brought back, which I really don't understand because, sure, his offense wasn't really where it needed to be this year, but he played a really strong two-way game this season, and he had some kind of unfortunate luck with shooting like 8.8%, and he's a guy who shot better than that almost his whole career, so odds are it was just like an unlucky set of circumstances that led to that this year. So his production and scoring is bound to go up, so some team's going to get him for an absolute steal. I don't know why Ken Holland and Emden wouldn't keep him around, but... Mm. They're going to have to try to rebuild, really add some pieces around, not rebuild, but retool, add some pieces around McDavid Drysidle because, you know, Drysidle, uh, he he did everything he could. McDavid did everything he could. They, they can only do so much. Um, I sent you that tweet about Drysidle. What what was it again? It was, some, what the hell was it with his ankle? Got it. 10 games, 22 points. Yeah. And it was a... Uh... It was with a high ankle sprain. Yep. Playing on a high ankle sprain, uh, 10 games, 22 points. Like, guy did everything he could. Gave us all, but didn't have the supporting cast around him and McDavid to really help out. Mike Smith is not a good enough goalie to help you win a Stanley Cup. You don't have the D core. You don't have the forward core. They're, they're going to have to really do some soul searching and figure out whatever they can. Yeah, and Edmonton, great run, making it to the Western Conference Finals. But when you look at it as a team, not just strictly two players, they're still a long ways from being able to compete against the very best, like the Colorados, like the Tampas of the world. So there's a lot of stuff they got to do. Uh, our buddy Michael Bartner Hockey over on uh, Mbon Hockey, Michael Bartner on TikTok, he made a video explaining what he would do. Um, said he'd go out, get John Gibson, and trade Duncan Keith, Philip Broberg, and their first this year for Jacob Chick run. Um, I think those are the two main moves. I think there were some minor you say, moves, did you too. you say Nurse Broberg in there first? No, Keith. First of all, I thought you said Nurse. When... You are. It, the sleep is catching up. It really the, is. The lack it, of sleep it, is it, catching yeah, up to it, you. <laughs> I, I feel like awake, but my brain's just not processing things right now. I don't know why. Um, does it Does it ever really process? Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> but, so, so he, they said go out and get Gibson as a UFA this year, or do they mean they trade for him? Uh, no, I, I believe he said something along the lines of a trade. I don't remember what they'd be sending. Next, I thought he had two or three years left, but Gibson is someone that could be had for... Probably a bit cheaper. Anaheim hasn't had the result they wanted the last few years. Gibson has underwhelmed, so he's someone that is definitely worth a um, redemption like chance, and I think that would be a good good addition. And if they could go after Chick Run and figure out a price, that'd be great. I don't think um, Arizona would do it for that, though. I personally would not do that if I had Chick Run. Just mm-hmm. not quite enough. Yeah, so I don't know. 
this is a team that is going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason because at this point, you've got McDavid and Dreisaitl still in the prime of their careers. you got to continue to re-bolster the team, but how much are you going to be able to do? You right. Know? No, I, I hear you. And it, it's going to have to be, you know, like like prospects like Dylan Holloway, he played his first NHL game um, in game four, didn't really get much ice time. He's going to have to be given more of an opportunity. Ryan McLeod's probably going to get some more ice time. Um, you're going to see some of these younger guys really get opportunities, and they're going to need to. They're going to need to get some help from young guys and then hopefully address some things in free agency. But I did want to forget, Colorado, um, you know, and whenever someone wins in the third round, are they going to touch the trophy or ah, what's going to go on? Right, sure right. enough, Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon both slapped their hands on that bad boy. And, yep. you know, it really doesn't matter. It's just, it's just a superstition that really doesn't, doesn't mean a thing. But we did um, see them touch touch the trophy. So if, you know, if they win or lose, it's going to be attributed to that. And if they ever, you know, say they lose or if, if they lose in the cup final and they make it back, they're not touching next time. But if they win, they're sure as hell touching it. You know, that's just how how hockey goes. Mm-hmm. Just felt like we needed to mention that. Also, did not want to forget, um, I don't even remember exactly what it was last last night, but um, I, I think I think it was Coho. I think it was a rules analyst um, in, in the game. Did, I don't know if you caught it, but he said um, they're, they're reviewing something, and he just said, like, holy shit or something like that. Like, he sounded just absolutely hammered when he said it, too. So I think he was just at home just, just drinking and then just let, let, let the swear word go. The the whole crew started laughing. Um, these are just things that just came to my brain out of nowhere that we didn't have down here. I really just wanted to bring them up because it's just two two key moments so far. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know if you, I don't know if you or anyone else heard that or not. It, no. But um, it, 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 it was it was it was pretty damn funny. I love it. Um, also, I, I did want to, as you were talking about, you know, the broadcast crew and stuff, uh, it did make me want to bring something up, uh, especially, I think it was your tweet, or maybe you retweeted it, talking about missing Doc Emmerich calling hockey or the yeah. playoff games, which, very true, but also, like, the two-man uh, crew that we saw, I think it was, I think it was game three, um, where you had one guy up in the booth, one guy on the ice, and, like, that's it. I, I don't love that. It's, it's not enough. I, I feel like this face-to-face communication that you got with Doc and Eddie, like, that was awesome. And then you'd great. go down to Ray or um, uh, what's uh, your boy, Pierre. No, you know. I, no that's not Pierre. But, <laughs> but I, I love I love Ray in between the benches. I, yeah. Like, I think I think he's great down there. Um, I, I would love two people up top, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Especially, I would love to be Doc and, and Eddie, sure. But whoever it is, um, I, I agree with you here. And... I'm really just like I'm. I'm kind of over the whole uh, like on the bench mid game interview thing already. Like it, it's it happens at the intermission, so it's not interrupting play. But like coaches never give really any good answers there, so I'm kind of like, it just it just feels kind of pointless to me. I don't I don't know. I, f- I feel like you can have. I think it's usually Emily Kaplan and she, she's she's one of the other sometimes Leah Hexall, whoever the hell it is. You I feel like you can have them doing something else during the game, like what whether you. You know, especially if, if you want whoever that is in between the glass to go up top, but they can go in between the glass or something like that. I don't know. It, it just it just feels like I don't know. Yeah, it just it just it, it just feels like a gimmick to me. Also, let's talk about uh, the tradition of touching, not touching. You know, the conference finals trophies. I got stats up here for you. Since Ooh. 2015, the teams that refused to touch their respective trophy has won the cup twice. Whereas the teams that decided they would touch the trophy, they have won, what is that, five times? With uh, Pittsburgh both times uh, in 16-17, Washington, and then 
Tampa now back to back as they did as well. So, there we go. Um, Fun facts. It it seems like in the early, um, early in early two thousands, early two thousand tens is what I'm trying to say. You saw a lot of teams snubbing the trophy and therefore going on to win it. But as of recent, there's been a lot more trophy touchers winning the cup. So it makes sense why Colorado does the same. Yeah, for sure. And like it's an accomplishment to, to get um to get there. Don't get me wrong. To win your conference trophy is for sure. It, it's impressive. And I don't have any issue touching it. The only issue I have is I think one trophy, only one trophy in the sport should go above your head. And that is your respective league championship trophy. So in the NHL's case, the Stanley Cup is the only trophy that goes above your head. If you win, if you win the Clarence Campbell, the Prince of Wales, that you can you hold that in front of your chest, you can carry it, you can carry it around like set for a team photo, but mm-hmm. you don't lift it above your head because at the end of the day, you're only you're only lifting the ultimate prize above your head. Also, I'm seeing now that Colorado they decided to touch the trophy back in 01 when they won their cup. So I will know one like Colorado back then. That's probably got something to do with it as well. There's still no one like Colorado back then. Yeah, that's fair. Fair point. <laughs> Except for. Uh, Coloradoans is that that Coloridians Coloridians I don't know I don't know all right let's not talk about Bruce Cassidy he gets fired from the Bruins after six seasons with the team no you you didn't you didn't say this with enough anger I put the question right there so I want to be like Bruce Cassidy got fired what because like I really well you just did it so it's perfect yes I know but because I I, I, I'm interrupting you because I don't care because I really don't understand they ended up being one of the more um, overproducing teams in the league um, in terms of expected goals, four goals against, uh, been one of the best defensive teams in the league under Bruce Cassidy on, t- on top of having um, good scoring as well. And the roster really this year wasn't that great. We talked about it mm-hmm. earlier in the season. Like, I can see a path where this team doesn't make playoffs, and they they overproduced in my opinion. So I really don't um, I, I really don't get the firing. I think he's going to be the first coach that, like, you know, like he's gonna be one of the quickest turnarounds to to, be, to become head coach. I think every team that opens an interview him, he shouldn't be out of a job too long because he's definitely quite good at his job. So it was yeah. really weird to me, and I think that just cements that Patrice Bergeron is bye bye. Dude, the rebuild's got to start then. It it has to, and you know how the rebuild starts: canning <laughs> the guy that's supposed to be in charge of it and finding someone new because oh. Like the 20, Good transition, I like this. Yeah, the, the, the twenty fifteen draft is just all you need to know when it comes to rebuilding in Boston. Well, I mean, I know, but maybe elaborate a little bit more. You know, I, I want to mention a couple, a couple phenomenal hockey hockey players. Some 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 great hockey names. Some, okay. some first round picks. So mm-hmm. Jake DeBrusque, solid hockey player for yeah. sure. Zach Senishin, I don't know, played twelve games maybe. Jake Sabor, if that. Jake Saboro, same thing. 12 games, maybe. Uh, those guys went back to back to back to the Boston Bruins with those picks. What was it 13, 14, 15? Or was it 12, 13, 14? I think it was 13, 14, 15. And then the final. No, Barzal was 15. So it must no, have been 12, 13, 14. Okay. I'm pulling up the draft. Okay. Now. But anyway, um, you know, the favorite part about it is when I saw Zach Sanchez get drafted, I was like, who? No, no, you didn't say who. I said who, and then you said uh, he was supposed to go, like, you know, second, third round. At I'm best, like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, terrible pick. Um, just just absolutely horrendous. And then the next three picks, mm-hmm. and I believe this is the correct order, um, Matthew Marzal, Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat. Correct. 16, 17, 18. Correct. Yikes. Uh, uh, also, some other names to mention. 
uh, Joel Erickson Eck, Ilya Samsonov, Brock Besser, Travis Konechny, uh, Jacob Larson, Anthony Beauvillier. Don't go too far into the second. Because like because at the end of the day it, they'd be they would have been reaches at the time right Down up to like the fiftieth sixth to sixth Travis pick. Dermott hey how about their how about Boston second round pick oh. Brandon Carlo hey there we go one for one yeah that's a guy that I would have taken late in the first round for sure who's someone that I, I you know at the time the ooh way, how about this forty ninth overall being Rupe Hints Rupe Hints is a stud dude that guy that, that kid's still underrated so. If if they you know obviously those those first three names if they could have had those that that's fantastic but if for whatever reason they went another route and took even the lesser of the bunch and went um, Travis Connecty, Rupe Hints and Sebastian Aho Sebastian Aho <laughs> oh wow you get you get three great players instead of trash wow yeah. you know just just absolutely bonkers um it, it, he just Sweeney has he's not shown enough. I know Bruins fans aren't happy with him. Um, I, I just I, I don't understand the rationale for letting this guy conduct a seventh draft after this after this 2015 catastrophe, and letting him you know go through these coaching changes and when you haven't you know it hasn't worked. How have you not realized that it, it's his it's his fault? It's not working. You got to make a change. You got to completely relook at redo the way that you look at things in, in the Boston Bruins organization. And you got to do it soon because I don't. Remember, I think it was the NFL. Um, could have been the NHL, but recently, uh, maybe it was the Texans, maybe it was the Steelers. Anyways, they allowed the current GM to go in do the draft, and then either the GM retired or was let go right Steelers. after. And it was like, why let him do that instead of bringing in someone new. Yeah, the, the Steelers retired. So. The Steelers GM, whenever his name was retired, and then Omar Khan came in and took the job. So they promoted someone within the organization, so it makes it a, under, makes it a little more like rational. So maybe he had more hands in the draft than you thought. But if there would have been an outside hire, for example, it would have been completely bonkers. And yeah. still, nonetheless, really didn't make much sense. And you, you, you got to, you if you're going to make that GM change, you got to make it like this week. Mm-hmm. If, if it's not happening this week, it's not happening this summer, and I don't think it's happening in the summer, which is going to be a joke. But it's not going to be very far off. Mm -hmm. It just can't be. And Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter, he put out a lot of potential David Pasternak trades with polls that you can go vote in. I think maybe they'll still be up. I'm not really sure how long he made the polls for. But uh, anyways, you can at least see the poll and uh, see the potential trade. So uh, it's a couple good ones in there. Let me get this going. I'm sorry. I do got to say, Pasta has to be traded because he, I would say there's about, like a 5% chance he resigns in Boston when that deal's up, and next year is the final year in that deal. So you trade him this summer, you're still getting his full true trade value, plus probably even a little more because you're going to pay up a little more to get a guy like that. Mm-hmm. You can get one hell of a return. I think it would be an absolute mistake not to capitalize on that. And that's that's going to show if Don Sweeney is really up for this challenge of the rebuild or not, making that move right there. Yep, and we're going to see another uh, powerhouse through the 2010s go down because Boston, one of those teams that's always been a playoff contender. Um, and we're probably going to see a couple more drop in here soon too, with the likes of Washington and Pittsburgh. So a lot of fun change is coming to the NHL, a lot of new faces, and it's going to continue to be exciting as long as the NHL continues to back its own product. on yeah. 
Yeah, that's fair. But except in my new, uh, I've you know I got back to playing Chell for the first time in a while. I was like, it's our new franchise, and you told me the Jets, but I was like, you know who's really gross? The Islanders. Let's do the Islanders. Yuck. So I did the Islanders, and in the second year, Washington moved up in the draft lottery to pick first overall. So Washington hmm. just gets a transition from Ovechkin to Bedard. So if, unless that happens for Washington, they're definitely gonna have to go through a bit of a rebuild. But if that happens for some reason, yeah, and yeesh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, anyways, let's now move on, talk about two awards, that being the Lady Bean and the King Clancy. We now know the winners. Yeah, Kyle Connor, our former classmate, wins the Lady Bean. Uh, congrats, Kyle. Very, very impressive. Um, Anytime you want to come hang with the boys, just let us know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty, like, I don't, I really don't know for sure. I know for um, the first while, in his first few years in his career, he was coming back here in the summer, staying at his parents' place, training um, here, played in the Eastside Elite, which is the, like kind of summer like league that a lot of the pros and um, college guys, junior players play in, um, in here in the Michigan area. So I don't know if he's still doing that or not, but you know, if, if, if he is, I'll, I'll just, I'll catch him. Hey, you want to come on the bolts broadcast? And that has <laughs> podcast has no relation with you. Um, but yeah, congrats Kyle. Um, you know, it's definitely cool to see someone that, um, that, that, you know, I, I had classes with and, Never really realized, like, I knew he was a good hockey player, but never realized he was going to be as good. It's cool to see him um, winning a, such a big award like this. Yeah, sure is. Uh, and then P.K. Subban, he takes home the King Clancy. Yeah, so the King Clancy is more of a, it's more of like a leadership, sportsmanship type, like, type award just for being, like, a, a really a really good guy in the locker room in the community, like, uh, that type of stuff. It's just it's just a, a good personal award at the end of the day. And P.K. is definitely that. P.K. Yeah. Subban is someone who is a humanita- humanitarian off the ice. Um, if you don't remember, he made that. Commitment to the Montreal Children's Hospital, where a million dollars of his salary each year was donated there. Um, he does a lot of that type of stuff, a lot of community work. Um, he, he He's a great person, and props to him. Sure, his plays declined in the last few years, but this isn't what this award is about. It's really just about being that, um, you know, being that role model in, in the NHL world, and P.K. Subban certainly is that. Yeah, and anytime you see him on the ice, too, he just looks like he's having the best time of his life. And oh, yeah. He just looks like such a great dude, so... Great uh, job by both of these guys, Kyle Connor and P.K. Subban, getting those awards. Finally, the NHL awards to be hosted by Keenan Thompson. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Keenan Thompson, a comedian, um, an actor. Uh, it's been a while since I've heard his name, but I'm happy to see it. Hell yeah, dude. He's um, So, you know, for, for people that, that don't know, Keenan Thompson was in the Mighty Ducks. He was in, I think he was in D2, technically. Um but I, th- I think that's the one he was in. But yeah, so he, he's he's got a bit a bit of like kind of you know y- younger version of him hockey ties. Uh, funny guy, and I'm looking forward to him hosting it because I think Keenan Thompson is you know I, I don't know if he's still for some reason I feel like I heard he was leaving SNL or something. Hopefully that's not true because he's like the, one of the last funny people still on SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it'll be good. Um, I remember when Rob Riggle hosted a couple years ago. That one was actually pretty funny in the NHL awards. Not really been known, at least in my life, to be very enjoyable. They're just kind of right. boring, whatever. But Rob Riggle did a pretty good job. Hopefully, Keenan Thompson can do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, SNL, when was the last time you watched that? It's been a hot minute the, for me. Um, is it Daniel Day-Lewis, the guy that he, no idea. Um, plays, he plays James Bond? No idea. Um, let me look him up. So I, I want to say it was him. Um, let me pull him up right now. Or maybe it was Daniel Craig. Maybe that's who it was. Maybe it was Daniel Craig. I don't know. I really bad at the actors' names. It was Daniel Craig. Okay, so so Daniel Craig. He was um he was in Knives Out. He was like that detective in Knives Out. Um, he hosted, and that was a really funny episode. Not gonna lie, that was back in twenty nineteen. I think though, mm. maybe twenty twenty. 
Yeah, I don't think I've sat down and watched SNL since. I feel like I've sent you the song. Um, it's uh, the song. It's sleeping on the couch, and it was like the weekend was like the musical. Um, like performance that episode. Have I ever shown you that before? Ah, uh, doesn't ring a bell. It's it's pretty funny. I'll I'll, I'll pull it up afterwards. I, I I really do like that episode. But other than that, it, the only time I ever tune in is if I see my parents watching it, and uh, like the weekend update happens to be on. I'll sit down for the weekend update. Okay, because the weekend update is always funny. Gotcha. Not sure what that is, but okay. Well, it's you know like um the new segment that um oh shit what are their names um oh my god this is how this is how little we watch SNL this is how young we are um it was M- Michael we're Che old now I know Michael Che and Colin and, and um, Colin Jost th- those like those two guys they host it every every week or yeah like every week um and it's just it's them like it, it's it's like it's like a late night show like talking about news and then make, them making jokes about it and stuff. But um, that that is always they always do a pretty good job of that. It's, it's uh, pretty funny, isn't it? Like improv or whatever, where they write each other's lines or something. They do that some. They don't always do it. They oh, do it. They do it sometimes. Okay. Um, but like when they do, it's always really messed up stuff. Yeah, I've seen it a couple yeah. of times where you know Michael Shea he uses his race in a lot of uh, oh, yeah. uh that stuff, and you know Colin Joe is obviously not able to you know say some of the things that is written down. So yeah, it's it's so it's it's very funny. That and, is funny, and th- those those are the two funniest people on SNL, one hundred percent. Wow, just taking a shot at Keenan Thompson. I love Keenan, but those are the two funniest guys <laughs> on SNL. All right, hockey name of the day. Now to end it off, we got Josiah Vanderhoofed. So Vanderhoofed to Josiah. Oh, this was the most just all over the place podcast we've done in quite a while. It is. We we really just been bouncing off the wall. It's like it's like we did like six shots of espresso, but instead I'm actually just like like dragging my body along in life. Well, you know why it's like that? Why? Because we're so amped for the next episode. Yeah, because usually we're one and done. We do bolts and then we're done. At least that's how it's been the last month or so. So now we've got something else to look forward to. Even though my voice is always broken, whichever one we end up doing second, even though my voice always breaks down a little more by the end, I definitely feel more juice in both episodes because I like talking about both. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that's definitely fair. But anyway, Josiah Vanderhoofed, I thought that, you know, that's that a fun name. It is. Yeah, so Josiah is a 20-year-old uh, turning 21, aging out of junior hockey this year, played in the MJHL for the Winnipeg Blues, 66 points through 44 games this year. What? The Winnipeg Blues. The Winnipeg hmm. Blues, yeah. Um, and they, they got a slightly different color scheme than the regular blues. I, I like their colors. I think it looks pretty good, but, um, again, 66 points to 44 games. He's committed to Trinity Western university next year. That's Canadian college playing U sport, Uh solid hockey player. Never ended up playing any major junior. Um, but you know, he, he play, played solid, solid level hockey in the MJHL. It, it definitely translates to what should be a pretty good player for U sport. Maybe someone that can play some pro hockey down the road, um, more lower level, maybe more so in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to see that last name on a jersey. Vanderhoofed. Yeah. Hell Beautiful. yeah. Love to see it. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, would you hit him with an outro? Yeah, as always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us on Patreon, support us over there. I'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bulls Broadcast, it's at Bulls Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go follow WNP on Twitter, WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure with HockeyPodcastNetwork.com, you can find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo, listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. Whatever you do, do not forget to use code THPN when we start with DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.